Let's get hyped. Welcome into the 2020 season of the Husker Hypecast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunch, Brian Christofferson, and a special guest for week one, my co-host on the recruiting hour, Connor Happer of 93.7 Ticket. Connor, how you doing? Let's get hyped. Let's go, guys. I'm very excited. People, Many people have called me Connor Hyper before. I like, this is made for me. This is fantastic. I, I like that. We, You could just be the hype man of the hype cast. I love it. I'm honored that – I know you guys are going to be having a bunch of people on this year. I'm honored that I'm the first uh, – the first guest. Let's let's get hype. Well, if you want to peek behind the curtains, you're the first one to return the text. So, well, I I am known to do that. I get back to text very quickly. All right, well, that's that's why Connor Happer is on the show. He responds to texts quickly, but we also want his insight as Nebraska prepares for their first game against Ohio State, a uh, a matchup that seems a little bit daunting, maybe even more so after the hype video that Ohio State put out on Thursday. I don't know. Do you guys get a chance to, to see that? Yeah, between between that video and you yelling, let's get hyped, I just punched a hole in the drywall in my basement. So I'm ready to go. All right. Well, at least you'll be at home so you can patch that up before Nebraska kicks <laughs> off at 11. And big noon on Fox! <laughs> Give me a 10-second summary of the Ohio State video. Like, was there smoke? What was What was going on? Everybody was moving very slowly. Um, compared to normal, there was a very dramatic score over the top of the video. Uh, a lot was focused on the fact that even though the stands will be empty, their souls will be with the Ohio State football team. <laughs> so it was it was soaring. It was um, Ohio State probably got Morgan Freeman for the voiceover, knowing them. Yeah, it was I – I didn't recognize the voice. I don't know. Does Ohio State have a famous uh, alum that could have done that? Is I don't Tom think they had, they had a narration. It was just like, you know, it was like documentary style. They kind oh, of yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. They had like yeah, a, right. a strength coach yelling about souls. That's what it was. Yeah, a lot of, lot of yelling about how right. it could be the last time you ever do anything or anything like that. It was, it was pretty good. I will, I will factor that into my predictions. Were you guys disappointed they didn't have Jewel playing in the background with Who Will Save Your Soul, you know, just to close it out to really bring the whole thing home? Is that yes. Disappointing? Very or, disappointing. Or, or, tra- like or Train singing Hey Soul Sister in the background? <laughs> <laughs> no? That will be the only Train reference in Husker Hypecast history, and we're going we're gonna to quickly move on from there. All right, let's dive into Nebraska's offense for this game. Uh, we will start with our guest for this one what is one thing that you feel good about as you look at nebraska's offense in a matchup against what was one of the best defenses in the country last year but they are having to replace a few pieces for the buckeyes yeah well i mean this is going to be probably everybody's thing i i think i I just think they're going to be able to run the ball pretty well they they did it at the end of last season um with with dedrick mill you know they kind of loaded up dedrick mills a little bit feel like that's been the attitude since uh greg austin took over as the as the run game coordinator it's it's what he talks about a lot he talked about it in march and and throughout this entire offseason i you know i think they'll be able to run it pretty well and and if if they don't then you know they'll they'll have to try it again next week because it could get ugly in a hurry they they need to be able to run it this week and i, I think they will and they'll they'll throw a couple different Guys at it, Mills, Martinez, maybe even some Luke McCaffrey. Um, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident in that. 
Yeah, so uh, let's let's dive over to, to BC with the quarterback question. There was a little bit of a competition this year. It seemed to me, I thought it was it was pretty open shut. It was going to be Adrian Martinez. Scott Frost seemed to iterate that if Luke McCaffrey had more uh, experience, that he might have walked away with a job. What do you what do you sort of make of that conversation? I know we've talked about it a couple times on the regular podcast, but what do you make of that heading into this game? And how much should Nebraska fans expect Luke McCaffrey to have a role, even if he's not the starting quarterback? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think he's going to play. I'm curious if they would have a, a series or a sequence of series where they would automatically insert Luke McCaffrey in this game or not. Um, that's something um, – you know, I know Scott Frost has been against a two-quarterback system, and I sort of usually am too. But he's a guy that you can tell from all the comments from from not just coaches but players. They, I mean, they rave about Luke McCaffrey and the stuff he gets done in practice. That he's not somebody you can just stand on the sideline for four quarters and have him there in case someone gets injured. I'm curious with Adrian Martinez how he responds to all this. Yes, he's the starter, um, but. There is also probably more of an understanding. I, I always kind of hate the, the short leash uh, example, but we'll go with it. I, I, you, you know that guy's standing over there. You know it's basically a tie competition in the camp. And so uh, you do have to perform, and that's in your head. So I, I hope Adrian Martinez plays freely and with some authority, and he's making sharper reads than he did a year ago, and he's, and he's running with more command. Uh, but I also – it's going to be an interesting deal how – I think he's a really mentally strong guy, but uh, how does he handle it here with a guy who definitely is breathing down his neck as the games get going? And the competition continues at that position within those games. Just because you're the starter week one, um, you've got you've to keep earning that, obviously, or they're going to look to the other guy. And what the quarterbacks will be looking for this year, Bruns, it seems like we've entered full-fledged year of the tight end whether it's been Thomas Fedoni talk in the, in the recruiting realm or what has just been a, a steady drumbeat of tight end talk from the coaches on the offensive side of the ball. What do you realistically expect out of that position group against Ohio State? Do you anticipate that they're going to try to get them involved early or do you – I guess what, what do we expect? Because the most notable tight end play seemingly uh, under Scott Frost came in this stadium in 2018 – uh, as they, they were able to get Austin Allen wide open for like a 45-yard pass. Other than that, tight ends have been pretty dormant here, despite the success that they had at UCF. Yeah, it, I, I'm expecting more from that group. I mean, I don't know if that's going to be different formations using two tight ends or if they give different looks with tight ends flexed out or, or whatever. But, I mean, I we, we don't have a depth chart um, for – for Nebraska um, you know, heading into this week. But I, I think right now it's legitimate to say that the top three tight ends are essentially even and um, how they're going to be used. I think you're going to see a pretty good rotation of Austin Allen, Jack Stolen, Travis Vokalek with Kurt Raptal right behind him too. You have guys that can create mismatches too. If you wanted to put a Chris Hickman in there, who's played tight end before, he's at wide receiver now, but uh, maybe you can use him a little bit to create some mismatches it's just going to be a matter of, you know, whether the, the wide receivers can threaten Ohio State and opponents enough this season to open things up for the tight ends. If you can, you have enough of a consistent run game to, to free things up. And, and if Adrian Martinez can find him, I think this is a group that 
is able to be productive if they're put in the right situations. Like Nebraska wants to put those, those guys in the right situations, but uh, it, it's probably an annual uh, pre preseason, uh, you know, routine to, to question whether the tight ends are going to get involved. I think they have the personnel this year at the right times in their career though, to actually take advantage of that finally. Yeah, and, and I think the tight ends are going to be huge uh, offensively as we don't really know what Nebraska's wide receiver picture might look like outside of Wondell Robinson. And so that'll certainly be something to watch on, on Saturday as that might be a preview of what Nebraska has really for the duration of, of Big Ten and what they might get out of their wide receivers. Let's jump to the defensive side of the ball and uh, we'll go in the same order again. Happer. Who is a player that uh, you kind of are going to be watching a lot for when Nebraska is on defense, just to either, you know, it could be a returning guy, it could be a new guy, just to kind of see how they look in, in 2020, uh, whether it's with different coaching or they're in a different spot. Well, I think my eyes will go first to the defensive line with just, you know, so many new, new faces in there and not really sure how it's going to go. Um, they talked about Tony Tuioti talked about how they kind of have a rotation of six or seven guys that they're going to use. Um, Ty Robinson got a lot of run back a couple weeks ago. I, I want to see how that all kind of shakes out. We know Ben Stilley is going to have a role. Um, but after that, what does it look like? Where does Keem Green come into play? Where does, where does Ty Robinson end up? Where does a guy like Jordan Riley, who they talked really positively about um, for that one day back in spring, like how does that whole thing look on the defensive line. So it's, it's kind of a cop-out answer. I'll take the whole defensive line. Um, and I, I don't know, like maybe you don't get a good sense of what it looks like exactly this week um, against a team like Ohio State that um, has a pretty dang good offensive line. Um, but it's about as good of a test as you're going to get, and maybe you get closer to reality as you go on throughout the season. But they, they kind of have to figure that out in the first couple games with all those new faces. Yeah, BC, I mean, new faces are one thing, but Deontay Williams is going to be a bit of a new face for this defense because we only got to see him for 11 plays last year. What do you make of the returning defensive back that we were all, and, and I think I can include Happer on this, but I at least know for the Husker 24-7 guys, we were really high on what Deontay Williams was going to mean to this defense in 2019. What do you think this season could potentially look like and, and what his role might be with a little bit of a different – safety room now that you're trying to incorporate a Miles Farmer and Markel Dismuke got a ton of playing time last year as Nebraska was pretty banged up. I think his return is probably a bigger deal than it's made out to be not just because he's one of the more talented players on the defense with pro potential but because it makes the jobs around him um, smoother for everybody involved and it lets people settle into their better roles like Cam Taylor Britt can now settle into a cornerback spot, which is his better role, and not have to worry about safety, where I think he was kind of swimming in it at times last year. Markel Dismuke had to take on more than anybody knew, and he was playing injured, uh, trying to keep things together on the back end after Deontay went out. Now he's got his comrade back there with him, and so it really helps him out. And obviously with Boodle on the other side, um, you know, that's a group that uh, they should be really good. I mean, they, they've, they've got the guys who have all played a lot. They've been through a lot of battles. They've all seen Ohio State, most of them have, um, a few times. And so uh, I expect, uh, you know, if you're going to take your shot against 
skilled guys like the Buckeyes have, um, at least you're doing it with some some veterans who have been around the block and uh, should shouldn't be as intimidated as some would be by this setting. Yeah, and and I know that we're not able to dive super specific into uh, Ohio State's personnel in large part because we we kind of want to discuss and figure out what it's going to look like on Nebraska's end. But Brunts, the key to me in this game for Nebraska, if they have any chance, is that Justin Fields can't have all day to throw. I mean, they have too many good receivers. He doesn't need a ton of time as it is to, to get the ball to the Garrett Wilsons and Chris Olaves and, and the kind of guys that he has. But who do you think could be providing pressure in this game? I know it's maybe the most difficult question to ask. Nebraska's coaches are probably asking it continually as well. But who are you looking for if Nebraska is going to be dialing up pressure? Who could be coming off the edge? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough question because you're, you're replacing everybody up front. I, ideally, you'd have uh, an outside linebacker providing that, that kind of uh, – disruption I mean maybe this is a game where we finally see what Caleb Tanner's made of in, in that realm um, you know the when they were in, in Ohio two years ago it was you know Jojo Doman with the big plays I mean I, I think defensively Nebraska is going to have to make him uncomfortable it's probably going to require some scheming up of things uh, I, I don't think that you're going to have you know, Nebraska defensive players just, you know, streaming into the backfield to try to harass Justin Fields. So, you know, the, the key, I think, is to make him uncomfortable. But the other part, too, you, you have to be really cognizant of, of where he is and, and not let him leak out for those yards and easy gains uh, with his feet. I mean, that, that's easier said than done. But, um, you know, you, you almost kind of have to take away one of those things. You keep him in the pocket and make him throw – or, you know, make him uncomfortable and flush him out. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm just thinking to Brad, it's going to have to come from the, the coordinators. Um, you know, they're, they're really going to have to, to, to get creative on third down if they get him there and then uh, try to keep him in the pocket as much as possible. It's a much tougher task than, than what they had uh, two years ago when they went to, uh, went to Ohio State. All right, Happer, this is your first go around with this, but on this show, on the Husker Hypecast, we make oddly specific predictions that Brunt's hits at a somewhat alarmingly high rate. Yep. Uh, if you could channel that into to some sort of gambling line, he could pay for the holes he's been punching in his wall because he's jacked <laughs> for football being back. But here's what I'm going to ask of you. I need one oddly specific prediction. This one I want on offense – what is something that you are sure is going to happen on Saturday? Okay, on offense. Yeah, we're going to do offense and we're going to do defense. Gotcha. I also have some, like, miscellaneous, oddly specific predictions. If you well. want to work in special teams for either side of the ball, I'm okay with that as well. Well, I'll just say this. It, it doesn't have anything to do with the actual football game. Uh, so, like, it, it's, it's, it's off the beaten path a little bit. But it is we'll accept it. Um, All right, offense. I think – okay, so back to my original point. I think Nebraska runs it pretty well. Um, so well that they go for 234 yards on the ground as a team. But Dedrick Mills only accounts for 92 of them. Dedrick Mills goes for 92 yards and a touchdown, and uh, they kind of piece it together with, with a few guys after that. 234 on the ground, 92 from Mills. All right. BC, what do you got on offense? Ronald Tompkins – feel-good camp story is going to be a feel-good season story. He is going to score a touchdown, which is going to, um, you know, do all of our hearts well. But 
the interesting part is he's going to throw he's going to score it uh, with a catch. It's going to be a receiving touchdown. Um, right. And that nice. that's that's sort of transitioning into the idea. Um, and Ryan Held mentioned this. He's really impressed with his receiving abilities out of the backfield. And so I see him getting loose on some. I'd love it if it was like a, if we had some sort of wheel route or something that that scored this touchdown. That would be a, a, a wonderful thing. But I'm going to say it's a 17-yard touchdown catch by Ronald Tompkins um, for his first Husker touchdown. Okay, so to recap, Happer is 234 yards rushing for Nebraska. Diedrich Mills under 100 gets a touchdown. BC's oddly specific prediction, a 17-yard touchdown reception for Ronald Tompkins, who will be playing in his first collegiate game. Brunce, what are you going to do to match that? We get a three-yard touchdown pass to Travis Vokalek in the flat where he goes beats a, beats a defender to the pylon for, for his first Nebraska touchdown. Three yards, but he's going to have to cover a lot of ground to get there. All right. Look at that. Short and sweet. And this is why Brunce always wins this segment. Uh, I'm going to go with this. Nebraska will go for two at some point on oh. Saturday. And not only will they go for two, they'll run the Philly special. And Luke McCaffrey will be throwing back to Adrian Martinez for that two-point conversion. That is my, uh, that's my offensive, oddly specific prediction. I'm going to go in reverse order on defense. I'll go ahead and uh, say on the very first Ohio State play from scrimmage, Nebraska will get a tackle for loss from Will Honus to start their defensive year. Wow. All right, Brunts, what do you got on defense? Just a, a quick aside back. I, I didn't really I, – maybe I glossed over it. Nebraska sacked Justin Fields three times last year. I don't, uh, I don't really remember that. Neil <laughs> <laughs> Davis? Yeah. Yeah, three – How he got kicked out of the next game? Yeah, I, I don't – I must have blocked it out or I was asleep, one of the two. Um, but, yeah, they, they, they sacked him three times, so it can be done. Um, defensive uh, – Oddly specific prediction. I'll give you two real quick. I think that Nebraska, even though Justin Fields only threw three interceptions last year, I think they get. I think they get a pick on on Saturday. I think it's going to be Cam Taylor Britt intercepting a tipped ball. I, I don't really know what he's going to do with it after he gets the tip. I think he's probably going to be so surprised that he has it that he doesn't really know what to do. So. I'm going to – that you get a pick from Cam Taylor-Britt, and I think that JoJo Doman is going to lead Nebraska in tackles with 11 on the day. All right, good stuff there. BC, what do you got? Nebraska will create one turnover. It will come from JoJo Doman, and they will force two punts, and I'm not saying that to be snarky. That's just my specific prediction. Last year I think they only forced one, and there have been games against Ohio State, as you guys know full well, where they – Oh, we haven't seen Ohio State's punter. And so uh, I, I think they'll force a couple punts. They'll get a, a, either a pick. No, it's going to be a forced fumble from Doman. He's going to force a fumble out, and that's, that's going to be the turnover. Um, and I say this, none of this to uh, take shots at Nebraska's defense. I think Ohio State's offense is going to be absolutely loaded and uh, just a, a difficult train for anybody to stop this year. All right, Happer, the floor is yours. I like uh, I like BC's pick there. Just flashing it back to 2018 with the with the strip fumble for JoJo. Uh, yeah, Brunts, I had like the exact same thing as you, but so I'll I'll add one more thing to it though, and and ask you if you can get on board with this. So specific 
that that interception by Cam Taylor Britt off a tipped pass is going to come with nine minutes and eight seconds to go in the second quarter. Wow. That, that is uh, – that's very specific. And I, yeah. I can – too. I it's can, just intuition. I can support that. Okay. All right. He's the second quarter pick. Let's do it. 908. All right. Are we are we ready for score predictions and pick to click? Everybody, oh, I have go? I have I have a miscellaneous oddly okay. specific prediction. Uh, Gus Johnson will mispronounce Vokalek, and he will put extra emphasis on Feldarius Pain. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That is the safest bet. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a definite. Yeah, that's that's well done. That's really well done. All right. With that being said, you ready to lead us off? I need a score and a pick to click on Saturday. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be – I think Ohio State, um, you know, should basically be able to kind of pick their number on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but I think Nebraska will score two. Um, so the, Nebraska lost this game 48-7 to seven last year. I think Ohio State scores the same amount of points, 48. Uh, but Nebraska steps up their game, and they score 31 on saturday 41 38 nebraska loses um pick to click is is uh is adrian martinez i i mean i don't know uh i think <laughs> i think he's gonna have a good day for nebraska to score 31 points um a couple passing touchdowns rushing touchdown or two as well um martinez gets back in the groove bc what do you got i'll say uh 52 to 28 ohio state uh, so I also think there's going to be a lot of points. And I do think a big part of how this game's going to be judged by Husker fans is you could really lock it down to the offensive side of the ball for Nebraska. If Nebraska can move the ball and have some successful scoring drives and actually finish some drives against a, a caliber, a team like Ohio state, I think it will boost spirits um, going forward that they could, they could knock some people off after that. So I think a lot of, the, of, a lot of how we're going to evaluate this is going to just be solely on what the quarterbacks for Nebraska do. If, they, if the O-line is it, as advertised and they can get the running game going. Because um, I think everybody sort of understands Ohio State's offense as a juggernaut. BC, or excuse me, Brunch, what do you got? Uh, I've got Ohio State winning. 39 to 22. I think Nebraska covers. Uh, my pick to click is going to be Dedrick Mills. I think that uh, he's going to be able to run the ball a bit. We'll find some space. And uh, so I, I, I probably lean towards the under. Um, I, I think Nebraska covers, and I, I think uh, everybody can win a lot of money by betting the what I just said. <laughs> All right. I'm going 45 26. Ohio State wins. I also like Nebraska to cover in this game uh, and my pick to click is just going to be a really simple offensive line. They get it done. They run the ball. Well, I'm just going to take all of them. I make up the rules on this show. Uh, and so I'm going to allow myself to do that. Any closing thoughts from anybody here? Well, we all have Nebraska covering, so that definitely will work out well. Yeah. That, that can't mean anything but good things for all the people with the money who want to bet and believe in our great expertise. Yeah. It's the super system. Trust it. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we, we uh, do uh, we get to spin the wheel on this one, or is that the other one? No, that's the that's the that's the regular podcast. I love the you wheel. Know. I think we should do a like a guest wheel or something like that. 
Well, we will certainly take that into consideration. I am not. Uh, I'm not opposed to that at all. We'll have to talk to Brunts to see. You can't. Have you, can't wheel. you can't have surprise wheel spins like this. It takes time to engrave the topics. The wheels in Brunts' shed, and it is very heavy, Capper. <laughs> so it takes it takes three people to move it. Well, I, I don't want, you know, we got a lot of stuff going on. I don't want any COVID to spread by touching the wheel and spinning it or anything. Yeah, okay, so probably a safe choice. I wear white gloves okay. when I spin the wheel anyways. We're fine. It's like the Stanley Cup special gloves are used to touch yeah. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can drink beer out of it. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. All right, well, we will be back with more podcasts next week. We'll obviously be diving into Nebraska's game against Ohio State, how they played, how they looked, who played who made the trip, all that great stuff. Be sure to check out the coverage at Husker 24-7. We will have all of the game coverage that you've come to expect from us, despite this being an odd year. So be sure to check all of that out. We'll be back next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.